got a special guest here right off the bat. I'm going to jump right into it because we're super excited. A lot of things to talk about, so I just want to go right into it. I have uh, actually a near and dear family friend here as well. We've known each other for a long time and ironically haven't hung out that much together. But I have Dr. Aaron Warren here with me today and I appreciate you coming by and stopping by and saying hi. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, what we want to talk about today is something that a lot of people uh, tend to have this problem with and, and is finding, you know, joy, finding joy versus happiness. And we're going to talk about that towards the back end of this podcast. And I really want you guys to hear that message. But first, I want to kind of, you know, you and I come from completely different backgrounds. Yeah. You know, you were in the, you're, I'm going to say eye care for lack of a better yep. term because yep. I don't know. That's yep. optometry. I'm an optometrist. Yep. Yep. And, and it's the eye care world. And, you know, I come from the metal customization world. So an eighth inch, eighth of an inch to me is not a big deal. No. An eighth of an inch in your world is. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's that's mine. Yeah, that's 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 blind. Yeah, I work in I work in microns. So yeah. <laughs> but how how did your family business get started, or it is the family business? It's family business. So um, I'm fifth generation optometrist, and uh, uh, my dad. This was his second career. He uh, went to school to be an optometrist. I was seven or eight when he graduated, and he was going to take over my my grandpa's practice. My mom's dad. Um, he had a stroke, and so in uh, in fourth grade so i was eight or nine uh he moved us down to san diego and open cold so i uh remember helping him build out the practice uh, that we still have out in rancho san diego we um I, I went down there after school to help make the lenses at that time there's a big wheel that used to grind the lenses up to put them in the frames um so really saw the whole you know growth of the the family practice from from when it was just him and my mom to what we have now so you you saw that you wanted to be a part of it went to school for it yep got your doctorate and yep. then came back and at what point in time did you realize that you went to school to be an eye doctor, but really you were a business major? Well, I wish I would have been a business major because I had to learn a lot of things on the fly. I, I really liked the business aspect mm -hmm. of the um, uh, of the business. I liked understanding why things happen, what the levers were to, to make things happen, um, not to, to, to make a profit so I can go buy a boat. I don't have a boat, but I wanted to reinvest back in. I wanted the newer equipment. I wanted the new toys. I wanted to be able to take care of staff better. Uh, take care of patients better. So, what are those different levers that you can can push, push and pull, and the drivers in the practice to 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 generate more revenue to reinvest back in, and just that, that relationship I really liked. It's a lot of fun. I I really enjoy it. It's kind of funny. I got a business major, and it and I had no idea what I was going to do. And so this one guy came in, and he goes, "You guys are all accountants." And he goes to leave the room, and I'm and he got my attention. I'm kind of looking at him, I'm like, well, "What do you mean?" He goes. Accounting is the business is the language of business, and if you can't speak the language, you can't move a business forward. And right then and there, in one one minute, one second, I went, okay, I know what my I'm going to be an accountant because I just I had to know the language. It made sense. Yep. But past that, when I popped out, man, oh, talk about green and not knowing where I was going. I had this piece of paper, the diploma, and I was like, now what? Yeah. You know, and I went back into the family business just because that's what I knew. You know, I knew the sign world and started doing sales and stuff. But very quickly, I realized. As you said, all the different buttons and gadgets that can move a business through through business, you know, scaling, growing, development, uh -huh. way past and beyond, you know, what we learned in school. Oh, for sure. It was funny when the, the day I graduated optometry school, my parents were there and, and super proud. My dad looked at me and said, uh, "Congrats, Doc! You're going to be a doctor in three to five years." And I said, well, "I'm a doctor now. I just I passed all my national boards. I'm good to go." He laughed and he goes, "You'll be a doctor in three to five years. Come tell me." I it's three to five years. I remember sitting down going, "I get it now." Mm -hmm. Right, I I knew the one plus one equals two. I knew how the 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 systems worked, but the art 
of of healthcare. Uh, the, and then I had to start over and, and learn the art of running a business. You know, I didn't have those financial classes. I had to learn Excel. Yeah, thank God for YouTube. It's <laughs> like I I think I think we were the last generation to have Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh yeah, I think we were. Because right after that, they became just just you know uh, the paperweights, for lack of a better term, for around the house. Yep. But we were the last ones. Finally, the internet came out. Like, oh shit, we can we can learn this. Yeah. But uh, so optometry, you're sitting there because I've gone to your shop. In fact, you've you've done care for me. Yep. And and you got your glasses, you got the eye care, and then you have. I'm going to say diseases, for lack of a better term, yeah. that attack the eye that you guys can factor through. What what other things eye care is there that I'm ignorant to or don't know? Well, the the nothing's separated in the body, so it's all connected. Okay, and so the the eyes are the windows to the soul. Eyes are windows to the health. So, uh, I mean, thankfully it hasn't happened a ton, but we've seen everything from from you know diagnosing brain tumors mm-hmm. um, and uh, and cancer. Uh, we see a ton of systemic disease, so high blood pressure, diabetes. Uh, things along those, obviously, uh, uh, you know, helping you see better. Um, quite honestly, that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's it, you know, do you want to perform better in school? Do you want to perform better on a, on the sports field? Do you want to um, you know move your eyes in a, in, in a better way? Um, and so all of those different aspects we can we can engage in, and and some specialize more in others. I like pediatrics. Um, kids just like to have fun. Gotcha. So we, we, we play, but it's most learning disorders, if the eyes aren't functioning how they should and together, because you have two of them, they have to work together, that's going to limit you uh, from uh, from learning how we learn now, where it's sit and read and, and process a lot of that information just, you know, visually. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, yeah, all that I would have never known. Would have never have known. Well, I had no idea when into sign making until we took a little tour. And... Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it's so funny, you open up any business and and the basics of business is always the same. Mm-hmm. You have a product or a service. Yep. You tell them why it's important. They buy from you. You complete said product or service and you get paid. Like really, there's no change. I don't care what that industry is. And a lot of people see that so differently. Yeah. I can't believe how many people come in there. And I, and I hear this all the time, even inside my industry. So I have one sign coming to another sign coming. First words out of their mouth. Oh, we're unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you and me are talking about two completely different industries and we're still the same. Yeah. Yep. I always crack up over that is you're not unique. Maybe how you view it might be unique. How you attack it might be unique. But at the end of the day, you're the same company running all the way through. Yeah. I, I do laugh at that all the time when everybody says unique. I'm like, no. Yeah. We get we get the same thing. I'm unique. We're special. Yeah. I I, I now equate that to I don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I if I hear somebody say you're unique, that means I don't want to learn. I'm doing it the best way possible and I can't learn anything from you. Yeah. Well, if you were unique, you would have told me what was unique and not just saying I'm unique. Yes. Yeah, you would have added that little caveat there. Oh. Hey, by the way, this is why. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I always like when I uh, my one mentor asks, he goes, what do you do? And I tell him, he goes, okay, how are you differentiating yourself from the others? He does use the word unique, but how are you different that where you have a competitive edge or whatnot? Yeah. I always laugh at that and I always go, that's, that's genius. That's the good way to look at it. How can I separate myself from the rest of the pack? Oh, for sure. And once you know that, you can say no more than you can say yes. Yeah. Because saying yes to everybody and everything is is tough. Then you end up being generic. Yeah. No, it really is. It really is through that. And it's it's funny because I'm trying to learn how to say yes more to get outside my comfort zone. But with a, with that caveat, with that little asterisk of, I'm going to say yes if it I believe it's a good idea. Yeah. I don't want to just say yes just for the sake of saying yes. 
you know, it's 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 harder. But I do I do find myself saying, all right, let's try it. I, I don't want to be sticking the mud. All right, let's try it. And I'm and I am putting myself out there to try and be a little bit better on that. So. Well, the most successful uh, optometry practices, because that's what I work with now. I get to see lots of practices. But the most successful ones are the ones that 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 take risks, smart risks. They're not just rolling the dice, but you know, the equipment we have is not, not inexpensive. And there's, there's pieces that, you know, they themselves are upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. I'm sure you probably have some more, uh, you know, similar sitting out in the shop, Sure. but I have no idea if, if somebody's going to pay for it. And some of it insurance covers, some of it doesn't. And so it, you know, are we going to hire new people? Are we going to expand? Am I going to buy a new building? How does this, this all work from cash flow? And the ones that play safe are always safe, but, but don't grow. And they, they're on the sidelines watching saying, I wish I could do that. That someday I'll do that. The ones that, that really are successful, you know, take those calculated risks, say yes. And they, they fail sometimes, but the wins way outweigh the, the fails. I would agree to that. The people that take risks, and those are the people, honestly, that are going to say yes more often and say, okay, I think I can make this work. I think I could push those boundaries and make that happen. I think that's, that's what's so cool about it. And that's what I love. And I love the people that are risk takers because I'll sit back, even if they, you know, as, as you hear many times before for the entrepreneurs, they say, yeah, I succeeded, but I failed 200 times beforehand. The only difference between you and me is I didn't stop. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's what I really love about all that. I really love the fact that, you know, yeah, you know, it's not a straight line. It's not a straight line to success. It's, no. it's a zigzag or backwards. You look like the family circus trying to get there. You know? <laughs> and at the end of the day, everybody's like, oh, you're so successful. Like, you only see the last five minutes. Exactly. Well, that's why I refer to it as a journey. And mm-hmm. I just spoke to a bunch of new grads out of Chicago where I went to school, went back to the alma mater. And, and they said, what advice? I'm like, there's no advice. It's just enjoy the journey. Like mm-hmm. it's, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs. Um, you're not going to be ready for any of it that comes your way. And you decide which way you, how you handle it. But it's just, there, there's never an end point. There's, you can't win the game. It's a constant game that you're, you're playing. And, you know, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. You just hope that you're up more than you're down. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So you, you were doing the autonomous you're with the family and you found a new passion through business and through learning. Yes. And what's your new passion now? I enjoy helping others. I enjoy seeing uh, opportunities for them and and seeing them succeed. Um, so in, in uh, building the education that we build, I like finding the, 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 the docs that are really good docs and really smart, but they're hidden. Nobody else knows who they are. The diamonds in the rough, and I like putting them on a stage in front of 500,000 people so they can shine mm-hmm. and, uh, and build the name for themselves. Uh, I love seeing... Uh, opportunities uh, for us, uh, business education is something we don't get. I mean, they have a class in school, but it's worthless, right? You yeah. learn more in, in your freshman year, high school, totally. But um, and so we built a whole curriculum around it, and which starts with day one. You're going to laugh, but hey, this is a PL and this is the balance sheet, and this is what should be on it. And usually, the first question I get is, "Well, where do I get those from?" Like you've been running a million dollar business for the last five years, and you know, call your CPA, he'll give them to you. But but walking somebody through that, and I don't teach it per se. I found others to, mm-hmm. to teach it. So aggregating that information, finding others to, uh, to be the mouthpieces for it, let them shine um, so that I can move on to what's the next challenge, what's the next problem and help build the solution for it. No, it's tough. I, it's so sad. I, I still, to this day, I don't understand why they still don't have a home ec class in high school. I do not understand why they don't have a balance of checkbook class in high school. And forget what the cost is. Can you afford the monthly strokes? for a house and a car and learn that, you know, people look at it and they go oh, half a million dollar home. I could never afford that. Well, what are the monthly strokes? Yeah. Based on the interest rate and, you know, and, and to actually show that, Hey, monthly, you can make this happen. Yep. You know, it's not out of reach and they don't teach the kids that stuff. No, no, they don't do well. Cause it's hard. 
And uh, I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but mm-hmm. but the whole joy happiness discussion you said you wanted to have, right? Hard is 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 tough. Having difficult conversations is tough. And healthcare, I mean, look, the number one uh, uh, thing that the U.S. is is facing healthcare wise is obesity, mm-hmm. right? And there's lots of different ways to try to talk around. You got to eat better and go outside and get some exercise. You don't got to lift crazy weights. Just go for a walk. Go do something. Eat a little bit better. Moderate. But those aren't sexy conversations. And they're not easy fixes, and so we tend to just shy away from them. Yeah, it and it and it's and I, as much to say that the hard conversations are usually going to end with somebody's feelings hurt yep. because they have to change. Yes. In the in the true entrepreneurs, to be honest with you, we enjoy hearing what we did wrong more than we did right. Yes, I enjoy hearing what I did wrong. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't do that well. How how can I fi- how would you fix it? And I can learn from that and go, okay, I wouldn't go that route, but I get you know eighty percent of it, and I go a yep. different route. I enjoy hearing what I did wrong way more than I did right. I hear somebody go, oh, you did right. I'm like, oh, thanks for the high five. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but it's not going to change my day. Yep. Well, I don't want to know what I did wrong. I want to know what I could do better. Mm-hmm. So I don't want it. I don't want that negative attack, but I, and, and you can give it to me that way, but I'll flip it in my head and say, here's yeah. how I can do better next time. It, and that's just, it, and that's a perfect way to say it. You're going to flip it in your own head to go, okay, I can do this better. That's cool. I have now made myself a better person off of that learning. You know, I, that, I guess that toggle switch is, is if we could figure out a way to help people turn that toggle switch over to, this is how I'm going to grow and be a better person through constructive criticism or just, Hey, you could do it better this way. You know, that I would love to be able to people to give that message to them because they don't, they get stuck in their own way. And if someone attacks them, they think they're attacking them personally, yeah. not attacking you personally. You're like it. No, I'm just. I want to make you better. If I really wanted to attack you, I would ignore you and walk away. Exactly. You're not worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. No. <laughs> yep. You invest in people. So it's it's about probably six years ago now, seven years ago. Um, and every every business, every coach always says, you know, have a mission. What's your team's mission? And, and mm-hmm. I always thought that was just a bunch of fluff, um, because most of what people came up with was just fluff. It was yes. stuff to call you up and have you make a sign to put on my wall that never gets looked at again. Yes. Um, so our, our we created three uh, values, and uh, the, they they have guided everything we've done in the practice. Um, and what I learned is that they're the right ones because they're really hard to do. The first is quality care, um, and that's hard to do because it, it's really easy to go cheap. A lot of patients sometimes want to go, what's the least amount of product? I just want X, Y, Z. You know, it takes us extra time, extra effort to really argue with the insurance company to get the the prescription drug that I want to use approved instead of going with a generic or, or plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, not plan B drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drug. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that, not that kind of <laughs> um, the, uh, um, So quality care. Uh, the second is individual responsibility, which sounds really cool and sexy until you say you don't get to ask a manager. You have to make a decision and then you have to own the decision that you made. And I've had page, I've had interviewees walk out of the, the interview room and say, no, we're done because I can't accept that responsibility. I have to be able to say, my manager told me to do this, which is totally cool. You're just not the right place for us. We're not the right bus for you to be. No. And, um, but then the third is, uh, I tried to make it sound sexy at one point, you know, innovation and constant improvement. It, it's change. I just call it change. If yeah. you ever get comfortable, if the answer to whatever question we ask is, well, that's how we've always done it. We immediately change it. Because you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's true. It's true. I talk about that all the time. Have you ever done the cold plunges or the cold showers or any of that stuff? Oh, yeah. They're horrible. But yeah. Yeah. I do I do it all the time. 
I do it all the time and I absolutely hate it. But I, I, yes, you get you uncomfortable, but I've been doing it so much. It's not uncomfortable for me anymore, but it's shocking how much it does well for the body. Yeah. The amount of dopamine release and all of that. It always blows my mind by it. I used to, I, I, I don't like being cold, but I ran. Mm-hmm. And so I, I eventually p- butted into me doing a couple iron, full iron bands. But, um, the, uh, uh, after I lost my brother 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. it, um, I needed to get into a space where I was really uncomfortable to, to see what was happening. Sure. And so I would run until I got tired and then my real run would start. And it would be through that pain where I, it was, so, you know, your version of a, of a cold bath, mm-hmm. but it would be through that super uncomfortable discomfort where you, I would get a lot more clarity. I could see things, problems got solved. I could understand what I needed to to do or, or how to, you know, direct my life, how to study better, whatever the case was. You know, it's, I never thought of it through running and through the pain on that, but I get the end result. I never would have thought through that. Mine's more of an instantaneous whack to your face where yours is like a marathon after like hour three, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. I got this now. Oh yeah. It's uh, it, it was the, the runner's high for me is when it hurts. Mm-hmm which sounds very sadistic to say out loud, but it was that, yeah, that's when things be- became clear. So you and I are cut from the same cloth when it comes to being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We always want to grow and we have the constant change. Yep. How, and, and, and I'm going to ask this question, how does that become joy? I think the greater the struggle you overcome, the, the, the greater joy on the, the back end. And it's a, um, I'll relate it back to, to running. So I first started, you know, run a couple of mar- a couple of miles, but when that became easy, the, the joy, the equivalent joy dropped as well. Okay. Because it was just, it was, it became routine. And so I kept pushing and pushing and then it turned into a half marathon and then it became marathons. And then what's next, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I know this sounds silly, but everybody has that one thing that they do, whether it's, you know, baking or, or needling, they need a challenge. If it becomes, as soon as it becomes routine, the, the joy level starts dropping. Sure. And so it's seeking something that's hard to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why Spartan races and, and, you know, different CrossFit challenges and whatnot all be, are all big because it's hard to do. And, uh, you know, it's sexy. There's a photo with it and yeah, sure. you get muddy and whatnot, you get a headband, mm. um, but Overcoming that is is huge, and, and I mean the cheap beer at the end of it tastes so much better. Yeah, <laughs> than when you're sitting at home on a Friday because you earned it. You earned it, and that that earning something is um, is the joy. It's working hard and, and completing a, a, a tough class, or graduating with a degree, or you know working through photography and and nailing the pictures that you were trying to to do because you learned all the different settings on your camera and it finally came to end to to fruition what you were looking for. Um, whatever that is for you, for my kids, sometimes it might even be just completing a book, yeah. reading a book and whatnot, but it's that I had to put work in and the reward I got back is that, that inner satisfaction that nobody can take away from you. That's joy. I like that. The inner satisfaction is what the joy is. So tell me the difference between joy and happiness then. Uh, the easiest way to put it is, is, uh, happiness happens to you. Okay. Right. It's not a bad thing. Happiness is fantastic. Yeah. It, it uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big San Diego Wave fan. You know, the Wave won a game. I'm happy. I did no work for that game. Yeah. In fact, I did less work as I sat and drank a cocktail watching the game. Um, heckled the ref, maybe you call that work. But, <laughs> but, I, but, but I'm happy because they won. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm happy because I I got some lottery tickets and scratchers and I, I won a couple bucks off it. You know, that's happiness. Okay. Um, 
joy is is working really hard with my kid so that uh, on her her soccer shot and seeing her pull it off in a game and score seeing the effort that collectively we put put through together joy is having a complicated case in the office um, where just you know the the simple answer isn't doesn't seem to be working uh, to fix an eye problem and and working through it doing some research on my own and then seeing the the patient happy because we were able to work through it um, that's joy building a, a curriculum and and having somebody you know right back say hey I went through it I implemented it thanks for your mentorship it uh, it worked here's how it worked out for me in the in my business you know that's joy um, and uh, and so I I think you need both in life but I think yeah. joy is is more important because you had to put the work into it and and you really control it it sounds like we're long la- long lasting as well oh certainly yeah you're you're gonna get that that joy from high for weeks months if you're if your end goal is years out then years as you're making closer to that gain you know when it, one of the things I heard decades ago was Arnold Schwarzenegger when saw him in the gym he was always smiling yeah. he's kicking his own butt and he's smiling he goes why he goes because I'm working towards a goal I mean, he did that for, I'm going to say 30 years, I really don't know, but he did that for a very, very long time and that carried that, what we call joy right now, with him on that one. And it's always kind of neat to see that where at that point in time in his life, I'm pretty sure it just became a mindset. Like you couldn't rattle, you couldn't shake it, man. You couldn't take it. And it's, it's the, the uh, figurative money in the bank. Yeah. Right. Happiness, you you can't go back to. Yeah. It, it, the, but joy, you can always go back to the joy well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, hopefully you've got enough in there because you've you've pushed through, but I still look back and and smile when I finished my first Ironman 15 years ago. Yeah. So I, I haven't done one yet. That's a, that's an accomplishment. It's a long day. I do. I saw that fish. I was like, he did an Ironman. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. That's that. That is a, that is a feat. It is definitely a feat. So I want to help our listeners figure out a way to start on the joy path versus just the happiness path. Mm-hmm. Because I know as much as you said that so eloquently, they're still having a little bit of a confusion because it's, it is a big concept. It is a very big concept and joy and happiness kind of go, you know, you can almost intertwine the two words when really you and I are saying those are completely different, two completely different things. And so for me, I'm looking at, you know, my kids and you know, how many kids do you have? I have three. Yeah, you have three and I have two of mine and two adopted. So I got four and you know, one or two kids is fine, but what you cross two. Oh yeah, that's a whole new ball game. You got his own defense. Oh yeah, no, you you are just you lose. Yes, <laughs> you are praying that three of them, the tides are in. They're good. Their Wi-Fi signal is strong, and you only got one to deal with. Yep, yep. <laughs> or the grandma and grandpa live close. Yes, yes. <laughs> we bring in reinforcements. Uh huh. And with those kids, I'm trying to teach them to have joy in everything that they do, to have joy in the little things and enjoy that accomplishment. And for my my seven-year-old daughter, it's literally we're on make the bed every morning and come in and have a clean bed in a clean bedroom and have that ah feeling when you come back in your room after you've left. Yeah. And she did really good for six months and now she has just kind of forgotten this whole conversation. Well, <laughs> Along with the rest of the house that looks like her bedroom. I have one of those. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, but and as a kid, making your bed is step one. But as you get to an adult, yes, you should still be making your bed. That's, that should be already ingrained in you, just like brushing your teeth. Like that, we should be past those steps. Yep. What is What are some good ways to start the joy process? So what I do is uh, in the business, um, 
and it's a running joke in the business. The fact, whenever we hire somebody new, the other employees sit everybody sit the new person down and say, "Hey, this is how it's going to work, and and uh, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be good." Invariably, as the the owner leader, uh, you're you're going to be faced with an employee who comes back and says, "Hey, I got a you know this problem. What should I do about it?" And my answer back is, "What are you going to do about it?" And they said, "Well, I, I don't know. That's why I came to you." And I said, "Okay, I appreciate that. What are you going to do about it?" And they just look at me dumbfounded and it's a, it's a difficult, it's really hard for both of us because I know what I would do and I would, I want to solve it right now. The solve is easy. Um, but if I don't walk through this exercise and teach them how to have that challenge, then they'll never figure it out. And I'm depriving them of that joyful opportunity. Mm, Okay. So what, what happens there is, uh, and I think this, this is true as a parent too. You know, what are you going to do about it? Now I'll sit down and, and allow them to walk through the steps for me. I'll, I'll guide them as a coach. Okay. What's the problem? Well, what do you think the possible solutions are? Great. Which one are you going to do? I'll never give advice. Mm-hmm. Like in my office and, and I mean, if it's a healthcare issue, that's my decision to make. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but if it's a financial issue, you're giving away a full pair of glasses. You're not going to bankrupt me. Yeah. And so. I will always say, you need to pick a decision and you need to run with it. Mm-hmm. And you don't ask anybody else. I need you to do what you think is best and run with it. I'll never correct them. And no matter what their decision is, at the end, we'll sit down and we'll do an after action. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the benefits, what what other options they could have been, what else could have gone through, how I would have seen it. But I always use it as a learning uh, opportunity. And most of the time, they get the right answer or they come up with something I, even better than I would have, have done. And uh, and and calling them out publicly saying, Hey, you did a really good job with this. One, it empowers them to do it again next time. So I don't get those questions. Agreed. Two, I built up their self-esteem, but I, I'm now starting to teach them how to build their own joy. And when they're in a, in an environment where they can grow and they can, we all say they, it's okay to make mistakes, but most leaders and owners don't allow people to make mistakes. There's good point. Good point. Of hand- I agree to that. And so if you allow them to grow and find that joy, so you're not trying not to make mistakes, you're trying to, to, to build joy, you get retention, you get better people. Um, I, I open the door to tons of learning opportunities and it's really apparent who's going to survive with us because the ones that do take advantage of all the growth opportunities. Yeah. The ones that don't, they're going to find somewhere else that they're a better fit and we're both going to be happy. Um, so it's, I, I, I really try to, to force them to make decisions try to force my kids to make decisions. And again, it's really tough because it's when I don't want to deal with that. You don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But the more that you can, the more that you can help them work through their their struggles when they overcome it, they're so much happier. You know, it's, it's I learned that when I was, I was 18 or 19 years old. And I had, um, I had my friend Jeff. You know, he's married to my sister Celeste uh, and throughout all the years. Yep. And Jeff, when I got hired on at Dixieland Lumber Company, he was my immediate boss to teach me the ropes around the place. And he kept asking me questions versus telling me stuff. And I'm like, what the hell do you keep asking me questions for? You know the answers. Just just tell me so I can memorize it and move on with my life. And after about week two, I realized by him asking me questions, he could see where my brain path was, where I was going, and then just make little corrections to get me to the real answer versus just telling me me drawing a new line. Oh, yeah. And I, and I took that with me. So luckily, I was one of the few lucky ones that as a teenager, I learned that trick. And as I go through, I go, well, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I keep asking people questions. But I never thought about not giving them my opinion until afterwards. Because I get them to where I want them to go. And I said, I believe this is the correct answer because of X, Y, Z. 
but I never thought to just let it go all the way through and then right. hit. Well, if they come up with the right answer, I don't have to tell them, yeah, you're right. I disagree. Yeah, that's awesome. Go for it. See, I do. I say, you're right. That is the best answer. And I give them that attaboy's right on the spot. But really that growth and that kind of uncertainty and insecurity they get in their pit of their stomach as they go through that life journey, yeah. I am depriving of that a little bit. A little bit. But here's something that's interesting. We stopped, We talked about the Encyclopedia Britannica mm -hmm. earlier. So when you and I had to look something up, we, we, you know, had to figure out how to spell it, or at least phonically yep. come up with spelling. Yep. Um, there were indexes. There were table of context. We had to reference, figure out the page, scroll through the page, learn scanning skills. There's a lot of little skills that went into to what it was, and you learned that you had to retain some of that information or else you had to go back through that exercise again so it wasn't worth just you know, not memorizing basic facts. Yeah. The And then... Oh, college probably for us is, is when we were able to, to jump on Google and, mm -hmm. and, and start typing things out. Again, we had to have a general idea of how to spell it. Yep. We got a whole bunch of search results and we had to quickly scan through those. So it was very similar, a little bit less labor intensive. My kids talk to a box. There's no typing. There's no spelling. They don't even have to push a button. They can just yell, hey, Siri or, you know, Alexa, talk. And the box talks back to them. And so the work just to get basic information is so much easier now. The joy of getting that information is so much less because the work to go in that went into it. Now we can call them spoiled brats, but I mean, we created the stuff for them. We created their life easier. Yeah. Right. Uh, Blockbuster is another example. We had to go down, right? And yep. and you guys, if you were lucky, your dad let you rent two movies for the weekend and not just one. Yep. You had to make a commitment and you had to know what it was just by reading the back of the box and looking at the cover of the box. Um, and then you went home and that was it. And that's what you were stuck with for the, the weekend. Netflix and Disney tells my kids what to watch next. They don't have to make a decision. They just follow along. And if they don't like it, they can stop and go back and start something else. So that that commit to something, follow through with something to to and and really enjoy it. Um and have that deep pleasure from it is is not as accessible now because we've made life so convenient and efficient that we have to find other ways for them to to have those experiences. Or we just had them, I'm going to say organically, more organically than, than they have now. That's crazy. I didn't even, I never thought in those terms, but it's so true. You know, as we, as we I'm going to call it spoon feeding them mm -hmm. all the answers and they don't have that chance to it. They don't actually, they're they're lacking the creative talent to find it. You know, the creativity to spell it correctly. Yeah. The creativity to go find which book it's in. Mm -hmm. The creativity to read it, comprehend it, understand it, and then go, ah, now hey, let me apply it to whatever I'm trying to do. Yeah. All four of those are gone. Yep. All four of them are gone. And they're gone from the from the beginning. And we're even taking less of our, our brain out of that experience. My kids got Chromebooks and iPads when they first started school. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it, you can remember what that nasty pink eraser smells like. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So, when, when they write something, they type. Well, the, the the muscular motion of typing is pretty similar. There's no difference in letters. Mm -hmm. When we wrote with, and kids write, and it, you know, now with, with pencil, you can smell that pencil. Yeah. Especially the ones you had to sharpen. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, your eyes had to see it. You heard the pencil on the paper. So you had uh, all, you, you know, your, your, uh, your hearing sensory involved in it. You could smell it. You had your olfactory sense. Your arm was making different motions, so you had proprioception. So you're firing on all different parts of the brain, engaging in what you were doing. Where now, when you're typing, you, there's really no no you, distinct smell. There's no uh, distinct sound because it's just the the clicking of the keyboard. Yep. 
um, the, 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 the proprioceptive motion is pretty similar for each of the mm-hmm. beat strokes. And so you're taking out a lot of the, the, the brain engagement. So as we make things simpler and, and, you know, yes, it's on us cause we're spoon feeding them. Um, we're, 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 we're building and creating a, a whole f- workforce that doesn't problem solve, that doesn't, uh, know how to find joy other than social media likes, which isn't even something that they're doing. They're creating. Right. They put a picture up, but it's 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 a happiness that they're misconstruing with joy. Yeah. No, it it really is funny. You you see that and you see a heart and you see a like. And you know, for for us for business venture people, I've got enough hearts to go, okay, that was a good message. It was well received. Yeah. Let's see what other messages we can help grow their mind, expand their knowledge. That's how I use hearts. Yeah. Never once did I ever think of, oh wow, they like me. You know, <laughs> that was, that's because we all like you, Aaron. <laughs> it was never a you said a thing, but I, I guess that goes back to, you know, having a joy or having a, a perception of what we're already doing. We already got that mindset. God. You know, I, I, I always look for different ways to bring joy. And I guess, I guess almost, you know, as, as basic and as simple as it sounds, give me a three month goal. Mm-hmm. Give me a, you know, a 90 day workout challenge, just a three month goal, something small enough that you're not going to lose sight of the end goal. Yep. Something that's big enough that you're going to see a drastic change enough of where it's at and then have a conclusion to step and remember that there was pain to get there. Yes. You know, I think a 90 day challenge are probably the first place I'd go to anybody listening and saying, Hey, okay, let me, let me try this joy versus happiness. Let me, let me see what it's all about. I think a 90 day challenge, maybe in the fitness are probably the easiest thing is you actually look at your own body, yep. you know, um, you know, the belt loop, you know, for us guys, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden you click one more belt in loop in, you're like, Hey, all right, I've lost weight. Totally this good is here good. Now. You know, and that would, I guess, be one of the places where I'd want somebody to start and say, this is a good place where you're going to find joy. This is a good place where you're going to find an everlasting, uh, joyous, li- fulfilling life where it's going to keep you in the positive, keep you mm-hmm. looking forward and not, you know, I guess not lower your gaze down to the ground and start walking with your head down. Yep. I, I love that 90 day goal, but there's, and there's little joyful wins yeah. uh, along the way. Let's say it's, it's, you know, walk for 30 minutes, three days a week. Mm-hmm. For the next three months, right? That first day you did it, check, awesome. Second yeah. day, two, right? And you've got one week, two weeks, mm-hmm. and so you start building these little little joy steps along the way, and uh, and and the the health improvements are huge, but the self confidence improvements, you're going to find out way even are even more important that way the uh, the other. Now that I've crossed forty, I will honestly say that I work out for my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm not working out for my body anymore. I'm working to get the brain pushed to be uncomfortable. I'm getting the brain just flat out blood flow. Let's just yeah. not lie. Just to keep it sharp and intact here. And, uh-huh. and uh, doing more. You know, I remember in our 20s, somebody did yoga plot as we all laughed at him. And as you get older, you're like, oh, that was, that was quite wise. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. That was time well spent. Yes. Um, but I think, yeah, doing those challenges. And, and I will tell anybody that's listening, if you go on your walk three days a week, and on week three, you only go twice a week, you haven't failed. No. Just just for just forgive yourself and yeah. move on. Yeah. That should be a 10 second conversation in your own head. I didn't make it. That's okay. I'll make up for this week and move on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, in three weeks, you would three times a week, that was nine walks. You did eight out of nine. Yeah. That's passing score on anybody's scale. Yeah. Right. You know, you look at it that way and it's not and I and I watch I have seen some of my friends do this where they do a ninety day challenge and on week three they fail and they just go, Oh, I gave up and they throw it out the window because they missed one day. Isn't this funny how we, we do all or nothing to ourselves? It really is. Yeah. There's 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 no reason for it. No. But I I don't 
I'd like to know where that manifested from in our society. Where, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I like to, you know, where at some point in time we just thought we're going to do it perfect. We're not going to do it at all. That's never how anything's ever been built or done. No. You know, we have, it's like we talked earlier, the family circus trying to get there. You fail, we go down, we stop, we rest, we go fast, we, we make great grounds, you know, two steps forward, then one step back. It's, it's just crazy. Well, and the best, and the best stories come from the fails. Oh, they do. Right. It's, they it, do. it's never when it worked out exactly how it should. Nobody yes. remembers those times. No. It remembers the car breakdown on the side of the road, driving to, you know, grandma's house in Utah and you had to figure out how to play mini golf with a pine cone. Yeah. Uh, those are the fun stories. Mm-hmm. That is true. Well, I uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate all your time. I love the insight that you brought to the table on this one. And I, I really hope that somebody, you know, we would just change one person's mindset over this. This was a great podcast. Just one person to say, hey, there's a way to find joy that's way better than happiness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Seek joy. Indeed. Seek joy indeed. <laughs>